0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
1: And what I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential.
0: Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist.
2: This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, i got to pull over and talk.
0: Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem.
3: It's a wonderful form, and I, I, it must be radio
1: for me every time I'm in the Kansas city. This show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good cook.
0: Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
1: Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810. WHB, as you know, I'm here every Sunday from 7, 8 a.m., and we talk about psychology on this show. We talk about the mental side of sports, something a little bit different than your typical talk show. We delve into things like attitude and focus and mindset, the coach-athlete relationship, how you handle pressure. I talk about sportsmanship. If you listen to the show, you know I've been here for the last 16 years, and I've been on the radio for 26 years now in Kansas City. And I've been in practice. I'm in my 37th year now working as a sports psychologist here in the Kansas City area. I love doing this show every week because, you know, I get to talk to different people about different things related to sports. And, you know, in the in our country now with all the issues going on and the pressures and the tragedy that happened last week, I think sometimes sports can be a great escape. It can get our mind off of things and it can help us heal as well. It can help us get to a place we're feeling better about things and um, you know it's just it's just sad every week to turn on the news and see all these awful things that keep happening and uh, it just seems as I get older they happen more prominently more and more things are happening that I think affect us in such a negative way and you know it certainly would be nice if people could get along people related and people understood each other but that's probably never going to be that way totally unfortunately. And when it comes to sports, it's the same thing. We see people getting into arguments, fights, screaming and yelling. I think sports is a great escape. It's a great venue to find out who you are. It's a great way to deal with your life. It's a great way to get your mind off of things that are bothering you. Um, Youth sports especially is a great learning area in life. And as you know just on our ad, our our book Just Let Them Play that co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swim coach Pete Malone last year. We've been doing quite well with the book. A lot of people have been getting it, getting a lot of positive compliments on it because we try to help people understand the world of sports, especially youth sports and the pressures that exist. And we're going to go to the phones here and talk to a guest in a moment about a special seminar that's going on down in Springfield about youth sports. And we're going to get into the topic today of pressure and competition. The baseball playoffs are going on. They've already played a couple of games in all four of the series. And there's a lot of pressure to win. My oldest son was talking to me the other day. He says, Dad, you know, it's interesting watching these playoff games because obviously I've, I've watched them he's 27 years old, he's been involved in all the things I do for so long. He goes, but it just really hit me the intensity level of everybody. The fans, the players, the announcers, everybody is so much more ramped up. It really just hit me how much more ramped up they are. And you you can sense it, you can feel it, you can feel that intensity. And I know having worked with the Royals in the past for many, many years, never unfortunately got to go to the playoffs with them, but being there for so many years and working with with athletes who've been in in playoff competitions and all kinds of things, having been the Olympic team psychologist in 1984 with our cycling team where we won nine medals, hadn't won any in 72 years, I've dealt with this a lot with people. And one of the things I find is that pressure can be a turn-on or a turn-off. And I think a lot of that comes from how we learn things in our youth, what we learn from coaches, what we learn from parents, what we learn from from competing and, and how we can, I think, in the world of youth sports, learn that that the pressure to play can be an enjoyable thing if it's taught to us that way. But if it's presented to us as a as a negative, as as something full of angst and tension, then I think you're not going to do as well. All right, our number here is nine one three three eight ten eight ten, and uh, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Rick. Rick, thanks for calling in this morning, sir. How are you doing down in Springfield?
3: I'm
4: doing great, Andrew. How are you doing this morning?
1: Great. First, I want to thank you. You called the other day mentioned you listen to the show down in Springfield all the time, so thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate that quite a bit.
4: I do, and you've been an inspiration to me. I'm a golf instructor. We specialize uh, in junior golf, and uh, we work with a lot of uh, high-level golfers that are trying to go on and play college golf, and I've I've learned a lot from listening to you and uh, appreciate what you do, and I think you're making the Midwest a better uh, sports community as far as helping kids and the parents and the coaches understand their roles. So thank you very much for what you do.
1: Well, thank you. I did not pay you to say that. So thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> that. All right. Tell us I've a little bit. your book as well. Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit biased with that book, but I just think it's something everybody should read. If you've got a child in sports, you're coaching you sports. I just think it's something that could be beneficial to everybody. So.
4: It is, and you know we uh, we work with, like I said, a lot of junior golfers and talking about your point about pressure. We tell our our junior athletes, which are golfers trying to compete and maybe try to win either a high school tournament or uh, play well enough to get a scholarship. You have to view as, uh, as as competition as like a reward for all the the hard work and practice and effort that you have put into your game. And the, the, the what we tell our our athletes are. When you go out to play, it's, it's it's an experience. It's a test to see how you're doing. It's a learning experience. So when you play well, you can still look back at what you need to improve on. If you don't play like what you'd expect, you sit down and you, you do an uh, inventory of what you could work on. So it's a no-lose situation. We don't want them to feel like they have pressure. It's a reward for all the hard work. Let's go out and have fun and play and then sit down and learn what we can do to even get better at the next,
1: next time we compete. Well, Rick, let me let me uh, comment on that with you because obviously I agree one hundred percent. But the problem we have today, with well, it's always existed for that matter. But so many coaches don't look at it that way. So many people who coach look at it: we need to win, we need to beat those guys, we need to kick their butt, and this oftentimes can be told to five year olds, okay? And so what I start to see, and what I've been seeing more and more today, and since you're a uh, golf coach. Let me ask your opinion on this. I'm seeing more and more kids at younger and younger ages feeling the pressure to win, feeling the pressure from coaches, from parents, from teammates, having expectations that they need to win, they need to beat people, instead of enjoying the experience and getting better. What do you think about that?
4: Well, oh, I, I would agree, but I, I kind of look at it as our roles. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll use it, you and her as an example as a leader in uh, training people that there is a different way to compete and it Excel. And it's not about putting pressure. Like John, Johnny's got to go out and have a good round because a college coach is watching him. It's Johnny go out and play just like you've been playing your whole life. Like you've played with your dad and your buddies and relax. That's when you play your best. My point is I think that the, the parents and some of the coaches that are just getting into the industry, They need to realize, and this is what your book's done a great job of. There's another way of helping an athlete perform, rather than just say, "We got to go out and do it today." You got to have a good day. You got to have. When I talk to the people that we work with, uh, that compete, when I talk to them on the phone or they come out to see me, I never ask them what they shot. Because it really is insignificant to that's, me. That's that's. Let me. Let
1: me. Obviously, we haven't met, and you're just calling up today. But I, I think that's awesome. Because what they shot doesn't matter. It's how they felt about the way they played,
4: and what they learned. The, the, the question is always, what did you learn today about your game and yourself that you could, you could work on? And if they want to tell me the score, it's, it's fine. But, but I don't want the the. And I've seen so much when the parent when the kid comes in from playing around the golf. The parents like. Well, what'd you shoot? And uh, it puts it immediately. You can ch- you can see the the junior golfer's uh, expression, his facial expression, his body language. That if he doesn't play well, it's it's demoralizing. Well, it's like okay, A, did you enjoy it? And even if they don't play well, and they say no, I didn't enjoy it. It's like okay, what did you learn about yourself and your game that will help you play better? The next time you go
1: out on the course, exactly, and exactly, that's yeah, what, that's
4: what we work with.
1: I've, in fact, I've, I'm seeing two clients today in my office, and one of them's a, a high school tennis player, a girl, a woman. Um, she's got the state tournament coming up soon. She wants to get there, and I know the first question that we'll talk about pertaining to her competition that I will ask her is, "How did you play? How'd you do?" I'm not going to ask her about winning or losing. I'm going to ask her how she did, right. and she'll talk about how she felt. And you've yes. got the, the uh, girls' state high school golf tournament going on the next couple of days, as, you, as you're certainly aware of. And, right, you know, it's the same thing. I work with a couple of high school girls who are be competing in that. And as they've moved up the ranks to qualify and make it to, to the state tournament, we've talked about having fun, focus on you, don't worry about your competition, don't worry about your score, concentrate on things we've been working on. And consequently, they've both qualified for the state tournament. And I think that's, that's the key thing. So tell us. Rick, about what's going on. You've got a seminar coming up with the Positive Coaching Alliance, so share a little bit about that for us.
4: Yes, I've, uh, you know, I just feel like that um, one of the, and this is again a little bit, I want to give you credit, this is a little bit about listening to you has helped me realize that my role as a golf instructor is not to teach people not to slice the ball anymore, but but to help people have fun on the golf course. And, uh, uh, by my thinking that way about how to play and have more fun on the golf course, not put pressure on athletes, I got to thinking about how not just only in golf, but with all the, the pressure from youth uh, kids playing youth sports, that it's, it's pressure from their parents, from the coaches, from themselves, from their relatives, on all sports, not just in golf, but it's, it's prevalent in golf as well that I could do something about it. I'm also, it's a non paying position, but I'm president of the Junior Golf Foundation that's raised money to support junior golf in our community. We have some funds to have the Coach Alliance come in. It's going to be the 21st of October, it's a Saturday. It's a short drive from Kansas City, and anywhere in the Midwest that's listening to your great program to come down and spend a couple of hours. It's a free seminar. There's no fee whatsoever uh, to listen to the Positive Coach Alliance do uh a two-hour clinic for parents and, and coaches. And grandparents can come. Our parents come, obviously. Any youth coach that, that would like to improve them themselves as coach, I think, needs leadership from people like yourself and the Positive Coach Alliance that's trained in this to help us work with the youth in America to help them have fun and enjoy uh, the wonderful world of sports and mm-hmm a nice turnout and and get people involved in this, we can kind of change the culture of how parents and coaches uh, address sports. And if we're successful with this program, I'd like to continue with the next year and every year, because I don't think it's just one thing uh, that you can do, one seminar you can do and say, hey, we got it. We know it now. We've got to have follow-up and do it and train the, the coaches that are coming into the world of, of sports This is how you should do things from from day one. You and I at our ages, we didn't have that. We had to try to figure it out on our own, own, and it took me 30 years. Probably a lot smarter than me, so it took you a lot less time, but it took me 30 years to figure out how to become the coach that I am today. And I want to get coaches this information at a no-cost fee and invite everybody in the Midwest to come.
1: Okay, tell us again, Rick, when and where it is.
4: It's in Springfield, Missouri, at the Dream Center. Uh, I can. Anybody can contact me in Springfield, Missouri, if it's okay if you. I can give a number. Or, or
1: yeah, a go weapon, ahead. Give I out. It. Give out the way okay. to get a hold of you.
4: Okay. The best way to get a hold of me, if you're interested in registering for it again, there's no charge. It's four one seven eight eight two three seven eight eight eight. I'm at the River Cut Golf Course. If you lose the number, just remember a River Cut Golf Course, and they can pass the word on to me that you're trying to get a hold of me. But it's going to be in Springfield, Missouri saturday october 21st it's a positive coach alliance that's bringing their staff in to come in and conduct a free workshop on on how coaches and parents can help the youth uh, improve them their, their coaching ability so that the child can perform better
1: well rick i want to thank you for calling up i know you mentioned the other day you wanted to come on and talk about this and i'm really glad you called and talked and uh, i gave you my number the other day i believe didn't i Yes, you should. Okay, yeah. Well give me a call here in the next couple days. We'll talk a little bit about this. I really appreciate okay. you calling in and good luck with you bet.
4: it. Okay. Thank you and thank you for your show.
1: You're welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the compliments. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. Interesting topic there. And and, and I agree hundred percent with him on everything he said, and I want to thank him for the nice words he said about our show. You know, I've been doing this show for sixteen years here. I've been on the air in Kansas City for twenty six years and you know, I'll I'll meet people who'll say, "Oh, I heard you." This, this, this let's face it, six to or six to seven, seven eight. I'm even making it earlier. My producer Rudy Salazar and I both have to be here early. But you know, I do this show to help people, and that's why I'm here. I, I'm not doing this show for me. Um, I do it to help people out, and that call right there make, make, makes the whole thing worthwhile. That that's why I'm on the air, and if people are getting something out of this, and I'm I'm helping people out, especially. Especially if you have a a child at any level playing sports. Not just you, but your kids. The purpose of this show is to give you a voice, to give you an opportunity to talk about things. And and today's topic, as I said, you've got the baseball playoffs going on. College sports are in full swing. High school sports or fall sports are starting to get closer to their state championships. Like I said, tennis and golf are coming up right now for, for girls and boys' soccer will be coming up pretty soon, cross-country will be coming up pretty soon. Pressure. Do you perform differently under pressure? Is pressure a turn-on or a turn-off? That's our topic today. I'd like to find out from you, if you are an athlete, do you find that you perform better or worse under pressure, or do, does it not matter? Does it not matter? The baseball players are going on now. They're entering the third games now of the series. Wild card games happened earlier this week, and now they're in the the divisional playoffs. And, you know, as as you get to this point, obviously there's pressure to win. These guys get paid. And, look, if the farther you go in the playoffs, the more money you make. I mean, you make it to the World Series and win the World Series, you get a big bonus paycheck. On top of the fact that everyone's going to know who you are. So, there is a lot of pressure associated with this. There is a lot of pressure in, in, in the context of performing. So I'd like to open up our phone lines. Our number is 913-3810-810. If you are a coach, how do you coach your athletes to deal with pressure? Do you make a big issue about pressure games? Do you not make a big issue about them? Do you try to sort of push it under the table, not try to stress about pressure? Or do you talk about pressure in the context that you have to perform better? This is the big game. Everything's riding on this. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you talk to your athletes about pressure? Do you talk to them about it? Do you work with them on it? 913-3810-810 is the number. 913-3810-810. If you are an athlete, how do you perform under pressure? Does pressure get to you to the point that you stress out? Or does pressure turn you on and make you perform better? It's an interesting way of looking at it. I think it starts from our youth. I think it starts as we coach kids at young ages, just like Rick, who just called in, talked about. He's a golf pro. And he asked his players, How did you play? He doesn't ask them about their score because the score is the result. You know, if you listen to the show, you know, I have a, a philosophy that I like to use. Focus on effort, F-O-E, versus focus on results, F-O-R. And I can tell you right now, when I work with Olympic athletes, and professional athletes, I talk about that with them. And at first, a lot of them will sit there and say, Doc, come on, you know, I'm getting paid, I'm getting paid, or I'm going to win a medal if I come in first. And I go, I know, but that's the result. That's the result of what you're doing. Our goal is... Yes, you you want to win. You want to come in first place. You want to, to get the prize. But how do you get there? A lot of it has to do with your effort, with your concentration, your attitude, your mindset, your preparation, your confidence. Those are things you can't measure. You can't quantify. You can't evaluate from a, a materialistic perspective. It's how you feel. And those are things that you can really get into deeply if you choose to focus on those and if you concentrate on those and work on those, you will have a better chance of success. Alright, let's get some calls in here. 913 3810810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday morning from 7-8am and we talk about the mental part of sports on this show. And I'd like to find out from you, if you're a coach, if you're a coach, how do you coach pressure? Do you Put more emphasis on we have to win, we have to survive, we have to come out on top. Or do you not even talk about that? Do you just focus on the effort? Nine one three three eight ten eight ten is the number. When you're standing over that ten foot putt, and if you make it, you win. Are you sitting there thinking, I have to make this to win? Or are you sitting there thinking it's a ten foot putt it's gonna break right to left? What do I need to do to knock it in the hole? What is your mindset about? I think that is taught, and we learn about that at young ages. I think as coaches, what you tell your athletes and parents, adults, what you tell your athletes, what you tell your kids about performing has a great deal to do with the success and or failures that they'll have. And I think the key thing is to not focus on, you have to get an A on this test. You have to get 100%. You've got to win the game. You've got to, you know... Bowl three hundred, you have to, you know, shoot under par. It's how can you perform your best today? What do you need to do to do your best? All right, our number is nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Let's get some calls in here. If you're a coach, I want to hear your philosophy on this. If you're an athlete, I want to know what you think about. If you're a parent, what do you say to your kids about these things? Nine one three-three eight ten eight ten is the number. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call. We're on the Leader in Sports. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here every Sunday from 7 8 a.m. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and we talk about The mental side of sports on this show and today's topic is that word right there pressure. Thank you Billy Joel, one of my favorites. Anyway we get into the topic of performing under pressure today. How do you deal with it? How do you handle it? As a coach how do you teach pressure? Do you make a big deal about it? Do you de-emphasize it? Do you try to focus on the effort and the execution rather than the result? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach like to hear if, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent. Do you play differently under pressure because you're thinking too much? Or do you find you, you do the same? It doesn't matter. You're still out there performing. All right, let's go to the phones, and let's see what Mike has to say. Mike, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling in.
0: Yeah, you betcha. Um, I was a college athlete, uh, NAIA basketball player, and then I coached college uh, juco and NAIA level for oh, a decade or so.
1: Well, then, and, thank you very much for calling because you're the perfect person to answer this question. Then,
0: Well, I don't know if I'm perfect for it, but <laughs> I at least uh, have an opinion. Um, but the one thing that, that I tried to coach all the time was kind of the process, and the process was every possession. Uh, we, t- we talk a lot about every possession means something and to value each possession. Uh, so that each we, we wanted each trip down the court either offensively or defensively, uh, we wanted you to, to attack that possession the exact same you would, whether it was at the beginning of the game, middle of the game, or end of the game. You know, there's so much emphasis put on the last minute. You know, somebody misses a couple of free throws. What they don't understand is, well, you missed a couple of free throws in the first half, too. Um, without those misses, those at the end of the game probably don't don't really have the impact that they, they may have. And – So that's one of the – if you want to call that creating pressure the entire game, I guess that's fair. But I think it's kind of uh, creating consistency uh, is is kind of how I I looked at that.
1: Well, you know, first of all, you are the perfect person because this is exactly what I wanted to hear. Perfect person because you coached and played, so you understand it. But you, you in essence, are reinforcing what I've said about focus on the process, focus on the effort. You talked about the process. I call it the effort. It's the same thing. Focus on what you're doing. And you you just made a great point. What you did in the first quarter or the first half or the first play is just as important as what you did at the end of the game. Unfortunately, we spend so much time focusing on the result. So that miss field goal at the end of the game instead of the miss field goal in the first quarter, or the missed free throw, or the drop pass, or the strikeout at the end of the game, more emphasis is put on that because it's at the end rather than focusing on the one you did earlier, because if you've done the one earlier, things might be different at the end. Agreed?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the mindset I tried. I coached AAU for quite a while after I got out of college coaching, and that's the exact mindset I tried to create. And uh, in, in our, you know, how coaches had their little sayings and all that. Ours was every possession. I wanted our kids to value every possession and understand that every one impacts. I mean, it's just like in uh, learning in school. Uh, if you don't think that the stuff that you learn the first quarter of first grade for math doesn't affect uh, performance in the the second or third quarter, well, that's the wrong mindset. Everyone, I mean, again, it's a process.
1: So let me ask this question. Why do you think so many people, so many coaches, parents, put so much emphasis on the end and don't really spend as much time focusing on the process as, as you and I are discussing?
0: I'm assuming this just because it's recency. Uh, you know, people talk about uh, you, you see even small little things like uh, when it comes to the fourth quarter in football, everybody puts four fingers up and do they like okay now it's time to go now this is the fourth quarter now this is ours.
1: Why uh, l- l- let me ask? Why is the fourth quarter time to go? Why not ready? Why why shouldn't it be that way in the first quarter?
0: You should. You should. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, I don't know where that came from. Like the, I mean, that mindset, um, it it was always strange to me. I, as a player, I wasn't every talented, but the one thing I did, I I mean, even in college, I wasn't talented enough to, to, to start and things like that. But my college coach, multiple, multiple occasions would always say, man, why can't you guys play as hard as him? And you know, I was kind of almost like the Rudy type, you know I mean? It was just, it meant so much to me. So I've never understood that. Uh, And I think it just has to come because it's like, that's when everybody starts thinking, okay, now this is the win loss time, you know, instead of understanding that everything you've done up until then has created that situation because maybe you, you made some mistakes or, or uh, some poor decisions in the, the, first three quarters of the game that have caused this game to be in this situation
1: well that's why I, you know with a lot of the clients I work with I talk about focus on the moment focus on the now focus yep. on what's happening right now you know the, the, the play at the end of the game that matters the play at the beginning of the game that matters how you start how you fit it all fits together it's a puzzle and absolutely when I Mike when I when I have clients come in my office and I start working with somebody I give them a, a piece of paper. Take home, I give them a homework assignment and I ask them to write out five lists of things for me. Their goals, strengths, weaknesses, fears, and distractions. And from that list, I get a picture, it's sort of like a photograph of that person of where they're at. And what's interesting is that when I talk about goals, there there are two types of goals. There are materialistic goals and there are non-materialistic goals. Most people will list in their goals. I want to bat this average, I want to win this many games, I want to go to, you know, get a scholarship to college, I want to, you know, win the championship, whatever, um, make a certain amount of money, get married, have four kids, whatever it might be. And those are materialistic goals. Those are things you can quantify and measure. And, and, and they're important. I'm not discounting the importance of those at all, but those are all results. And I'll say to them, you know, these are great, but what about the path, the journey to get there? What are you doing to accomplish these? That to me is where I talk about four keys to success. Preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. And I'll emphasize, let's talk about your preparation. What are you doing to get prepared mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally, sleep-wise, rest-wise? Let's talk about your focus. That's what you concentrate on. What distracts you? What gets in the way of you mentally, in your mind? Let's talk about your attitude. How do you feel? You can be positive, negative, or realistic. And then the foundation of all of it is confidence, how you, the belief in yourself. I and mean, what do you think about that?
0: Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, those those are great things to be teaching teaching kids at at all ages. Um, you know, another thing popped in my mind while you were, were talking about the goals and stuff like that. You know, they're even now in schools, kids are are getting that. I mean, my son's starting. I've, I've got three kids and they're young, and they're starting to go through all of the where they're trying to do the state testing and stuff. And that's all that gets – they hear about is the results of these state tests, the results of these state tests, and this is how our teachers are having to teach now as well. Um, I think they're getting it not only from the sports side but the academic side now, that it's not about that process of getting to where we need to be and, and improving and those things. It's did, did we meet standards so we can get our funding.
1: Yeah, so and, and, and we're – because we're so result-oriented. In fact, I, I do a podcast show. In addition to this show, I also do another show. That's on my website every week. And today I'm going to be interviewing a, a Dr. Travis Dortch, who is a professor out in uh, Utah State University. And he has a quote, only 2% of high school athletes go on to play at the top level of college sports at the NCAA's Division One. For most, the savings account makes more sense than private coaching. I've seen parents spend a couple of hundred thousand dollars pursuing a college scholarship. They could have set aside that money for college. Interesting comment. And it's just interesting because I think the pressure – I'm seeing today more and more pressure in schools, in sports, in the whole world of of youth to be better than everybody else instead of focusing enough on just getting better with yourself. And I think if we spent more time on self-improvement, we would all come out on top in one way or another. Mike, thank you for your – go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I'm just kidding. I I agree 100 percent.
1: Well, thank you for your call, sir, and, and good luck with your kids. You're going to enjoy the journey. My sons are 27 and 26, and and I essentially raised them for the most part by myself after I got divorced. And I'll tell you what, uh, they're both out on their own. They're both doing well, and uh, that's what makes me happy with myself. So good luck, sir. I appreciate it, and thanks for calling in. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, that frees up our line here at 913 3810 913 I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. We're talking about the role pressure plays in sports in life. Do you put? Do you find that maybe in your talks, your motivational talks, you put a lot of pressure on your athletes on winning? Do you put a lot of pressure on them that they have to win? They have to come in first place. They have to get a certain score in a test. They have to sh- shoot a certain round on the golf course. Or in... yesterday, I talked to a college women's bowling team. We did a, a seminar together. Hopefully some of those ladies did wake up this morning to listen to the show. So if you did, I'd like to hear from you. Our number is 913 3810 How different do you handle pressure? Or do you find that it doesn't matter what you're playing, what the sport, what the scenario, you're just trying to go out and have fun and do your best? And if you come out wherever you do at the end, that's where you come out. Or do you focus so much on the result? that you put too much pressure on yourself. I've got to get this score. I've got to shoot this round. I've got to beat this opponent. Yeah, the baseball playoffs, whoever wins moves on to the American League or National League Championship Series and into the World Series. Whoever wins will move on. That's for sure. But what will it take to do that? Focus on their effort. Focus on their execution. You know, a couple years ago, the Cardinals beat the Rangers in the World Series. Game six, and a lot of Rolls fans don't want to hear this, but it's, but this is a good story. Game six, Texas was one strike away from winning the World Championship, winning the World Series. David Freeze comes up. Great story. David Freeze grew up in St. Louis. Jim Edmonds was his life, lifetime hero growing up. Gets drafted by the Padres. Gets traded to St. Louis for, of all people, his his boyhood hero, Jim Edmonds. Is now playing third base for the Cardinals in the World Series. It's the bottom of the ninth two outs Texas is winning five to three in game six David freeze comes up he has an o2 count on him what does he do with two guys on base gets a triple drives in the two runs gets stranded a third goes to extra innings what's he do he hits a home run one of the great performances under under pressure so to speak I've ever seen afterwards he's getting interviewed and it was a tremendous interview and in the interview he, he he's asked My gosh, the pressure on you right there must have been incredible. You must have been thinking, I better not strike out. And and, and with a very straight face, he said, no, I wouldn't think that at all. I just knew I had to make contact, so my my concentration was on just getting the bat on the ball. I mean, one more strike, the game's over. A lot of you remember a guy named Joe Montana played for the Chiefs. The last home playoff game won here at Arrowhead. I was there. My former co-host, Nick Lowry, who worked with me for a long time, kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime. Chiefs are down by a touchdown with less than a couple minutes to go. Joe Montana throws a touchdown pass to Tim Barnett. Nick comes in, kicks the extra point, ties the game. After the game, it's I mean it was fourth and ten. And Montana was asked, that's was fourth down. He goes, you know, I didn't even know it was fourth down. I just knew we needed to score. I just knew, knew we needed to get the result done. So I just had to focus on what we needed to do to get the ball in the end zone. All right, 913-3810. our number. Let's go to the phones. Let's see what Karen has to say first. Karen, thank you for calling in. Good morning.
5: Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I really like this. Thank you. I really like this subject because um, I play pool, billiards. I play a lot of tournaments. I
1: travel. You've called before, haven't you?
5: I have. Yes.
1: Okay. Go ahead. Thank Uh you.
5: Yes. And um, I'm on on several teams now, leagues in Kansas City. I've been on different teams. I play across the board, Kansas, Missouri, and uh, coach teams. And currently I'm on and have been for many years on a women's pool team billiard so we play eight ball and nine ball and we travel and I got to tell you I don't there is a lot of pressure in pool and you've heard the slogan behind the eight ball people say that a lot and they may not even play pool but I got to tell you when you're behind the eight ball and it's the last ball in the last game and it's the only ball you need and it's you're the anchor and you're playing it. That person really has to not be in a pressure putting on themselves. We always talk about, you know, when we'll go to league tournaments, um, we'll have four big rounds to play. Everyone plays everybody else. So there's four people or five people on each team. And I would play the other, I would play one person on, on, on the team every, every time. And, you know, and I always tell the team, you know, it's not about and, – and you would not believe how many teams wait until the very last game, the very last two minutes, just like football. Oh, my gosh, we're down by two. got to get these. Well, we lost two in the first round. We lost this in the second round. We lost, you know. So we go into it, and we have eight eight women on well, our see, excuse team. excuse
1: me. No, I would believe that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> right. So we have eight women, and we draw straws before we go to the tournament because you know why? It doesn't matter who we play with because we all play consistently well. It doesn't doesn't matter that, oh, I need to be with A girl or I need to be with B girl. It doesn't matter. We all play the same. It doesn't matter what rotation we're on or anything. Now, I will think, I will say this, some people are better as the anchor, which is the last person who's going to play that last round. But you know what happens with us? There's so many times, and and I'll have to say I'm usually that that anchor or my friend, Amy. She's the anchor. But what happens is we never have to play those last two rounds because we've already done the business at the front end.
1: Well, you you're know? excuse me. You're you're val you're validating what our last caller talked about, and that's mm-hmm. just you know focusing on the process. It's, it's not the end yeah. of the game. It's not the beginning of the game. Right. It's just the process. And so what you're mm-hmm. talking about, Karen, is is you know, you're out there playing pool, playing billiards, and it doesn't matter, you know, and, and I love that you started off talking about behind the eight ball. Yeah, I, I love that term. Well, the pressure, you're be, the eight, behind the eight ball means the pressure. Well, mm-hmm. it, it's how you look at it. Do you look at it that I'm yeah. behind the eight ball and there's the pressure, or do you look at it, you know what, what do I need to do to knock this ball into, into the hole? How do I, what do I need to do to be successful? There's two ways to look at it, and I think, and I want to ask you this, this is the way we're taught growing up, so... As a young lady, growing up, whether it was playing billiards or in school or in whatever sport you may have competed in, what were you taught about pressure, Karen?
5: You got to put practice in to win. I, When I was learning pool, uh, started when I was 12, I'm now 54, um, I would always ask Hank, my stepdad, when, when, when am I going to break? You got to earn it. You're going to rack until you earn the break. And... And for me, it was like, I, I got I to gotta watch what he does. I, I got to win so I can break. Because I wanted to break. I didn't care if it was about winning. It was just like, man, I want to get out there and break. I want to see what that feels like. And so I would watch and watch. So it's putting your practice in. It's the effort. And it's your practice. You know, I go to a U.S. championship tournament every year. But you got to win the qualifier. If you don't win, if you don't take first place, you don't go. So all of my efforts, all of my practice going into that tournament – whatever state it's in. And, and you know, when you're in pool, you don't play the other person. You play the ball. It's one ball at a time, one ball at a time, one round. If I know it's six or seven, I will tell whoever I'm, I'm with or keep and score, don't let me know how many games I have left. Just let me know when it's the last game and I can go shake the other hand. And in pool, that's what you do. You always shake the other person's hand. Sportsmanship is all about it, too you know and i really like your calls on sportsmanship because in pool you always go and shake the other person's hand. And well,
1: excuse me. Down. You know what? You know what? Let me tell you something. And and i really appreciate your call here today. I don't Thank care you. what the sport is. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of every competition you should shake your opponent's hand. I don't care if it's a football game, if it's a golf match, if it's a swimming race, if it's billiards what i think you should shake your opponent's hand and say good job. Congratulations. Okay, I know people are going to be mm-hmm. disappointed and upset that they don't win, but I think if we had more people shaking hands at the ends of competition, I I just think things would be, would be a lot better. I this this whole thing I've got to kick their blank and I've got to beat them and drop them. You know, all this emphasis mm-hmm. on having to beat up everybody. I mean, yeah, you want to yeah. win, you want to do that, but at the end, it's it's just a, it's just a competition. It's part of life. Yeah. Listen, Karen, thank you so much for calling in. This is a great call. You've called before, and I appreciate it, and I'm glad you enjoy the show very much.
5: Yeah, I do. Thank you.
1: Okay, well, good luck to you, and call back again. Have a good day. You too. All right, let's see what Eric has to say. Eric, good morning, sir. How are you?
3: Hey, doctor, how do. you doing? It's been a while since I've, I've called you, but I listen to your show every Sunday, and I like all the uh, 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 stuff that you go through. I think it's a way of everyday life, but about the pressure, I used to coach my... Niece's uh, machine pitch uh, b- uh, baseball team, and uh, and she was, she always had the pressure of me being her uncle. And I told her, I said, well, don't think me, don't think of me as your uncle in the game. Think of me as the coach. I'm not your uncle. You don't call me uncle. You call me coach, just like all the other players on team. And then I told my team, I said. They said, well, this is going to be a pressure game. I said, don't think of it that way. Go out, have fun. Let me worry about the score. You're not going to know the score. I'm not going to tell you the score. And I would always tell the scorekeeper, don't let anybody on my team know what the score is. I'll come over and I'll ask. And I just told them just to have fun, just go out and play. And then at the end of the game, we're all know the way, and then we're all going and shake hands. And I told every one of them, you will shake hands, congratulate the other team. If you do not shake hands, you will not be playing or will not be starting in the next game. And I had to set one of the kids down uh, until about the uh, last inning of the game because this little this guy, he hated losing, and, and he didn't want to shake the team's other team's hands, so I just told him, you're not starting the next game. You'll play when I'm getting ready to let you play in the next game. And, all oh, he was mad. But his parents said uh, he needs to learn that it's, uh, it's not all about winning. It's how you play the game and if you have fun. And he learned. He learned. He thought I was kidding him. But I told him, you sit down and I'll let you know when you play. So, and my niece came up to me and she she thanked me after I told you. She said, Un- uh, Uncle Egg she says, I really learned a lot about sportsmanship, how to be a good sport, and that that winning is not everything. It's how you play the game and have fun. And she gave me a big hug and said, "I had fun this year, and I love you, Uncle Eric." Well, Eric,
1: so, oh, Eric, listen, sir. I you, you you call in once in a while, and it's always good to hear your voice. It's always good to hear what you have to say, and uh, you're a good man, sir. And I want to thank you. And well, you're back you're back. Need, Let me take. Let me tell ta- you something. Ta- your niece loves you for what you've done. So, yep. thank you so much for sharing that story, sir. And you're doing it. You've done a great job, and keep it up.
3: Well, you, you're doing a great job too, Doc. So you, you you just keep doing what you're doing, and maybe with you and me, we can get to other people. And maybe we can all have good good sportsmanship, and all learn how to learn how to just kind of survive in the world. And and if we win, we lose. Hey, you know, it don't
1: matter. We just have a good life, so yes,
3: sir. God bless you and you have a good day.
1: Same to you, sir. You take care of yourself, and thanks for calling. All right, let's see what Ron. We just dropped Ron. Ron, give us a call back. we got time for you quickly here. You know, um, 913-3810-810 is the number. That, that was a great call. All, all these calls have been great today. They've all been great today. And here's the thing. You know, we Herm Edwards' quote, you play to win the game. You play to compete. You play to compete. All right, let's go to Ron real quick. Ron, are you there?
2: Uh, good morning. Thank yeah. you for taking my call. You're
1: welcome. we got about a minute for you, sir. Go ahead.
2: Uh, you know, I uh, coach uh, showcase baseball for the last 10 years, and I, the more pressure I put on my players to try to get them ready for the next level, and I get a lot of... I would say slack from the parents because they're like, well, you're requiring my boy to be at practice a half hour before practice. You're requiring him to present your grades to you so you will let him play. You're requiring him to share a room, you know, when he travels on the road. And, you know, like I always tell them, I said, these are different kinds of pressures, but these are the pressures they are expected to mitigate day in and day out when they're at the college level. You know, you as the parent are not going to be able to load them in a car and drive them to point A to point B. You're not going to be able to take them out to the restaurants and all that. You're not the one forcing them to sit down and study for hours. So yeah, sorry, sorry Ron. F- finish. We got about sorry, go 50
1: seconds here. Just about 10 seconds. Finish up here. Go ahead.
2: So, I put all these parameters together, and what I've noticed over the last three years, the boys that I was when they graduate high school and going to the next level, their success rate almost tripled to what it was in the past, where I let the parents do everything. Right, because you're focusing but on the get a right. Lot yeah, I negative feedback from the parents; they feel like. You're taking the fun of the game out. Right, you but you're I, focusing I on the
1: you're focusing on the right things. Listen, I gotta let you go, sir. Thank thank you for calling in. You know, it's been a great show today. Don't need me to cut him off here, but we're out of time. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our shows are podcasted here on the station. They're also on my website, winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych. Send me an email at my website, DRJ at Winners And I'm taking on new clients at my office, 816-561-561. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm the leader in sports, Sports Radio 10, WHB.